Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time. Your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Ryan gets, how many little texts do you get from me in a day? I don't get any little texts. I get a lot of big <laughs> texts. <laughs> Long texts. I have to scroll to <laughs> read them. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Martha Stewart, and you're listening to the Martha Stewart Podcast. We had just finished a wonderful lunch with a whole group of garden-minded people, and I said, Kevin, Sharky, and Ryan McAllister, please join me on my podcast. And guess what? They accepted, and they are sitting with me here in the library of Maple Avenue. Thank you guys for for doing this at such short notice. It was an invitation we couldn't refuse. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially after the, the delicious we lunch you gave us. So. Yeah. Well, you could not refuse. We weren't allowed to refuse. I was not going to let you refuse. <laughs> but, uh, but we had a very nice lunch. Um, and Ryan, thank you so much because uh, Ryan and I and several other people have been growing the most incredible vegetables this year in our new beautiful raised bed vegetable garden that used to be the donkey paddock. And so today we had for lunch, we had a green risotto with fresh peas and beautiful braised kind of sauteed artichoke hearts, everything from the garden. And we also started with a large bowl of borscht, beet soup, and what a delicious borscht with that smashed potato on top and then a dill-infused sour cream. And then we had, oh, for dessert, the pièces de résistance, which were two sorbets. Uh, one was black currant because I grow black currants, unusual because most gardeners don't have black currants. Currants, and in many states, black currants are forbidden because they have some um, like a blister rust for blister a long rust, time, or they yes. thought it was. They thought yeah, it was a vector, and it's not. Oh, it's not. Okay, no. so a blister now rust. Yeah. What is that? On, it's like a mildew on, on fir trees. It was something that was killing the evergreens. They oh, thought so. it, they tied them together, oh, and I it was see. outlawed for decades. So now, um, and but I've always had black currants. So, <laughs> Skirting the rust. And, and I haven't seen any rust on any of my evergreen trees. <laughs> I've seen other things, um, other trees, but not on evergreens. So Kevin and Ryan are both very interested in horticulture. Very, very interested in house plants, garden plants, landscape design. Kevin uh, even admitted at lunch when we went around the table describing our, our past uh, that he had even contemplating becoming a landscape designer. Why don't you talk about that, Kevin? I, I always had a garden when I was when I was young, and um, I loved growing things from seed. I remember the first thing I grew from seed was Sweet William, oh. and I love Sweet William to this day. So I got a job at the Iron Arboretum in Massachusetts in Boston so that I could really get to um, – experience all facets of the whole landscape architecture program pursuit. And after doing every possible job that a young teenager could do at the Arboretum, I decided that architecture was more what I was really interested. I was, I loved being in the outside, but I, I, I had too much curiosity. I need to, I needed to explore a bunch of other things. So, but it was great to work at an Arboretum and I would encourage anybody who lives near an Arboretum to become a member of that Arboretum 
and also to visit it frequently. And, and most of them offer incredible education programs and things like that. It, it can make the difference in um, a young person's life one way or the other. So it wasn't as if I abandoned it because I know that one day I will have a garden. But then but he went now. off and became an interior designer yep. working with Sister Parrish and Albert Hadley. Yep. And then came to work for us. And but at but at all times, Kevin has always been a flower arranger. He has always uh, had a lot of plants, orchids, especially in his uh, own home. Uh, he is now branched out in his beautiful apartment to much larger specimen uh, house plants. Yes, uh, describe that a little bit. <clears throat> well, you know, I, when I first moved into the apartment, I had giant philodendron. Uh, is it monstrosa? Uh, the, the giant, the, the giant leaf ones. one, yeah, yeah, the ones that we have now because mm-hmm. we're, we're we, the babysitters. We split we, it up. We, we get what Kevin doesn't <laughs> want, which I always take because I know that we can make something out of these disasters. I remember I started working for Martha in the magazine, and she, you know, one of her, one of the many great pieces of advice she gave us when we were styling pictures was. I don't want to see a picture of a bunch of things. You have to put some life into it. So that you do with plants and pets and things like that. So my apartment is quite large and it gets a ton of light. And so when I moved in there, I got a philodendron monstrosa. It seems so strange to say that. That's monstrosa. two different plants. Yes. Okay. Just, you just got philodendron. Philodendron. Yeah. Okay. The great. split leaf. Just say that. It, it got split so leaf, big. The split leaf. Yeah. Split leaf. Monstera was different. Okay. I remember when it got so big, you were actually attaching it to the ceiling. I did. And with, you, uh, with, with fishing twine. Thumb Thumbtacks. 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 And what what was that horrible storm we had, Sandy? Mm-hmm. Was it Sandy? Oh, yes. The way I knew Sandy was really happening was I went to the living room window and I looked outside and the Hudson River, I couldn't figure out where it ended because it, it didn't end. It, it came right into our building. But I also, the building was twisting, twerking. <gasps> and so the tacks were coming out of the ceiling. So anyway, now I'm into um, palms and I'm not having a ton of success, I don't think, um, but I'm trying. I have a source at co- called Foliage Garden where I buy the palms, but I don't know if everything's right in the right place. It gets tons of light. I just have to figure out. I, I don't think it has. I, I think even though it's been rainy and, and gray uh, and hot, I don't think the palms are, um, they don't get enough air. They're not great indoors. They do not like air conditioning. Oh, really? It's too no. cold. Yeah. Oh, God. They do not like air conditioning. I don't like and, hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't There's like a few hot. exceptions, but yeah, so, palms. But there Think of where they grow. But there are other plants that would do better. You should look around at my plants, and, and there might be something here that, that he could... Um, I do feel guilty when a plant dies. It's like the I'm responsible for the life of this plant. And when Martha introduced me to this quote, you know, not that long ago about... You know, do you feed your plants? And people don't even know you have to feed them. And she said, "Well, did you eat?" And then the plant has to eat. So you're responsible. And you for- drink. The plant yeah, has to drink. drink. Right. So um, I can't. I cannot eat in the morning unless I look at all my plants and see if they need anything first. So in good it's, conscience, you need to get It's the same with them. my pets. Yeah. I mean, my cat gets fed first, then my dogs, then my plants, then I. Yeah. That's it. Well, I have a feeling I'll be making another contribution to the library of beautiful plants up here in Bedford. Oh, that's why you cleared the whole table for, for the rest of Kevin's stuff. Um, but yeah. did you see how well the, the palms are doing that I just transplanted on the green terrace outside the green room? I no. Just show, I oh, just yeah, show, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, just looked at those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The did fan, you see? The fan did, palms. Mm-hmm. did you see how beautiful mm-hmm. they are? They've no, leafed they, out. They're green again. All in a week. Mm-hmm. Do they do that, though? Do the leaves come out that quickly? Mm-hmm. Well, in this kind of weather. I mean, this is their weather. We're experiencing here in Bedford uh, temperatures in the 90s with 90 plus percent humidity. humidity for days on end. For days and days. And last yesterday, 10 inches of rain in the neighborhood. Was it really 10 inches? 10 inches. And so it was uh, really bad. Uh, bad, but palms love it. <laughs> exactly. It's their thing. They sulk inside all winter long, and they don't yep. push out any leaves or anything. Right. They just sit there. Well, these are these were not inexpensive palms. Um, I, I felt really guilty riding down here with Martha because she has the most beautiful date palms. The forms are amazing. Is that what yes. they are, date oh, palms? Yes. aren't they beautiful? Oh, my God. They're so beautiful. I have three date palms that are just screaming to be let out. <laughs> 
So um, I think what about your terrace? The terrace is doing really well because I did exactly what you told me to do. I put two side. I have two planters on my terrace. Unfortunately, they're very shallow, but my terrace is big. So I put two cycad, one cycad in each, and then underneath it I planted creeping Jenny, and so it's hanging out. That's all the samakia, right? Yes, samakia. And I have a feeling I asked you today because your lisamakia has perfect green. Mine has some brown around the edges, and well, I've been in Europe for a couple of weeks. Too it's, dry it's, at one point. It can be dry or uh, brown. You told me you kind of discolored. Okay, They're discolored brown. and brownish. Yeah. And then it's probably dry. From well, it's on the terrace. You get all yeah. that extra exposure, sun, yeah. wind, yeah. so it's from that. So keep it watered more. So that's what I'm having success with so far. And that they see I was the cycads seemed to be very, very happy. I got them on the flower market for sixty-five dollars each, which was great. And I bought two backups just in case. You know what I'm dying to see? I, I can't wait to go up to the pool garden. I want to see all my... Um, oh, we put your bromeliads in. Bromeliads. That's oh, a, like a success been, story. Oh, mm-hmm. they have been looking so and nice. And they fit perfectly. Oh, good. Uh, these are uh, bromeliads that are kind of grayish and greenish patterned leaves, and they're they're round leaves. The round I, ones are in a bunch of the planters around the pool. And then you remember the other ones from Trade Secrets years ago, yep. the gray chalice yep. ones? Yep. We put those in the front. Oh, Two nice. of them, I think, right in front. The ones with the pink flowers. Yeah, yeah, those are beautiful. So I'm happy to be home because I I did worry that my doormen were wa- watering too much. I like I do it once a week. I don't know if that's enough, but that's what I do. Generally, your plants do very well, and your orchids do very well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was boarding my orchids somewhere for a very long time, and I I wonder if that's why they did well because I I think if I kept them in my apartment, it might be too no, you dry. You can't you can't keep them in your apartment. Mm-hmm. But now uh, Kevin has a section of one of my benches on which I placed all his boarding orchids, and uh, they look okay. Do they they? Do, they just have to be fed once a week. And they have to be, you might have to come up and repot some of them. I was so mortified because your orchids are insane. Yes, they are. And one day I came up here and the cattleyas were all over the um, the sitting room. And I was just like, it's insanity how you get the greenest leaves and they're so clean and so shiny. And mine looked like a dented Kia just showed up. <laughs> So anyway, I'm hoping by osmosis that my uh, plants will get better. But I am a big fan of houseplants. So you can see what our conversation veers towards oftentimes. Uh, And we do talk about plants. We do talk about the care of plants. And we do talk about um, our love of plants. Uh, And it's fun. Now, I want to ask Ryan about his own personal garden. So describe the whole place and what it was like when you got it. Since I have so much here to work with, is do I want a large yard or a small yard? So the house is it's not small; it's four stories. <laughs> it's big, so the front yard isn't that big, and the backyard's small enough for me to play in and do stuff. But I don't have to take care of tons of stuff. I can go mow the whole backyard in like under an hour. It's oh, so easy. you have grass? You still have grass? Wow. I ripped everything out of the front, all the grass, yeah. and then the backyard. I ripped all the edges out and made beds, and then the next year I took them in like another foot or stuff and. I want to continue more. I was told not to, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, anyway. but that is by whom? But the front yard, now Ryan is at, at Ryan McAllister on Instagram. Uh, are you on threads now? Mm, not yet. Not yet. You're always you did the it before they even let people do it. They oh, asked yeah. you, they were sending you, like, why are you not on threads? That's yet? what I did. I got some requests. Why aren't you on threads? How much time is that going to take? No, it's not going to take time. I'm on threads. I'm, I don't want to get onto that yet, but I'm only going to do tips. Okay. Tip number one. I'm tip. I'm on tip number five. And it's just a quick tip, like it's a quick good thing. tip, a, a good, good homekeeping tip. Yeah. So it's going to be fun because I love doing my like tips. one a day or whenever you want. Uh, or- whenever I feel like it. So okay, your backyard, your front yard is so colorful. It's a mixture of sh- of shrubs, bulbs, and plants. Yeah, right? I go crazy with the bulbs, but it was I ripped all the grass out and then I mixed it like all try different things that aren't supposed to go together. So I interplanted roses and azaleas in the whole thing. It was around the same time we started doing all the azaleas here. And we were talking about it. I'm like, all right. So I put them all there and I make sure they're all different kinds. So they bloom over a longer period of time. Nice. Like it's nice having a whole garden that's color like one color at once, but it's like I can stretch What's it over a week. What's blooming in it right now in that front yard? In the front, there's not much because it's been hot. Some of the roses are blooming and the lilies are just finishing. And I have a few dahlias that are popping up and, and stuff. So it's kind of like... Half and half right now, but the sun kind of pushed everything quickly. And Great. Everything. But the azaleas lasted for a long time, and I have tons of bulbs in there. That's mainly in spring. There's tulips and daffodils and all kinds of little bulbs that come up. There's gladiolus that are just starting to bloom right now. 
Can I ask you a question? And this is a question for both of you. So today when we were doing the garden tour, what, uh, Adam asked a question about alliums and mm-hmm. you said something about tulips or somebody, it's a bulb obviously, mm-hmm. and, but they're not like daffodils. They don't get better every single year or do they? They what? don't. What? Alliums. Yeah, allium. No, they fade. Tulips fade quickly. Like you get a good year of tulips, sometimes the second year, depending on the variety, and that's it. There's exceptions, but they tend to fade over the years. Daffodils yeah. kind of multiply, and you get more and more as the years go on. Uh, some daffodils, not yeah, all. Yeah, not all of them, yeah. the smaller ones. And there's ones you can buy specifically for naturalizing. Alliums are in between. There's some that come back every year. The larger ones, we get a couple good years out of them, longer than tulips, but then they start to kind of fade as well. So that's why we're always planting more stuff. We had a good allium year this year, though. Yeah, there were thousands. But the key is also variety, mixing the different varieties and to stretch the season. It's not like you planted 100 of the exact same kind, so they all bloom in a week or two, and then you're done. Like, we had them blooming for over two months because we had half a dozen at least different varieties. And now, Ryan, they have to be deadheaded. Is that uh, hard? That's that, just you know, just clipping. It's a clip that's at the, the bottom. Top, you, you can't, to, you can't oh, you pull to, it because if you no, pull no, it, don't the pull it comes out. So you have to go to the bottom so and clip it down. Mm-hmm. We have to dig in there, and then also in the pergola, all the lilies are coming up. So you have to go in between all the tiger lilies, yeah. like an obstacle course. Are we saving any this year to dry or no, get rid of them all? No, I don't want any. I just want to. We've been there, done that. I want yeah. to do something else. Is Kamasia the also have been there, done that? Or? Mm. Oh yeah, that was that. That was naturalizes so, though. That's that like was daffodils. So prolific. That's yeah. yeah, if you're looking for a good almost ground cover of very early blue bell like flowers on tall stalks, uh, plant Kamasia. Mm-hmm. It also comes in a pinkish. It comes in pink, but that's red. There's a couple different shades of blue. There's a darker blue, yeah. a lighter blue. Um, Almost a purple kind of color, but yeah. the blue shades are the same. But they, their foliage stays for a long time. Alliums come up, and before the flower even comes, the foliage is already half dead. The Kamasia looks nice, and it's dark green, and it stays So you for took a long all time. the lawn off your front? Mm-hmm. It wasn't well, that big. It was tiny. Doing. And it was a smallish front yard, but it's very charming. Very yeah, charming. It's small, so I ripped all that out. And then the next one I did was the little that little devil strip in the front. Everyone else has grass, and I'm the last mm-hmm. house on the street, so I just ripped the grass out there, too, and oh, planted good. a few bushes in, too. What do you too. call it? Devil strip? Yeah, that little piece between the sidewalk and the... <laughs> that's what they're called. Oh, is it? Really? Yeah. Why? Because if devils has to step over it Because they're like, nothing house? ever really grows. And there's terms in it. In the oh, South, that's what they I always call them. And back home, that's that. what they call them. It's oh, that, little, that little, you know, three-foot strip. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's always, always a heard. wasteland. And like the city owns it, but you have to take care of it. People walk by all the time. So like I didn't put fancy stuff there because I can see people, they'll walk by and look at stuff where little kids pick stuff. Mm-hmm. So like when I put... Roses and stuff there, I put, like, the landscape ones. Like, if they pick it or mess with it, I don't care. Right. Do that. But it's colorful. I just. And everybody respects your front yard. Oh, everybody comes over and asks me questions. And they see me out there doing it. And I do stuff at night. I mean, here during the day, but I've always done stuff at night. I have, like, a little headlamp that I wear. (laughs) so stupid. It's so dumb. But they laugh at me. They think I'm crazy. I have, like, a little headlamp, a little miner's headlamp. And it's, like, 10 o'clock at night in the dark. And you know how when you're. Like, wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. Even though you're half asleep, you kind of know how your room is in yeah. the layout. So I'm like that out there at night. So I know what's where, even though you can't you need see. To take a so picture I can of that dig and, and plant. It. I have a picture of it. It looks so dumb. <laughs> do you identify the plants like the way Martha does it? No, I just, no, no. It's just, I just do it so I'm planting. I'm like out there planting extra stuff because especially in the, like, in the fall when it's like bulb season, it's yeah. dark by the time I get home. And, and so what about the backyard? Done. There was some in the back and whoever planted stuff there didn't know how to put stuff. So I dug the half dozen azaleas out of the back and move them to the front. Uh-huh. But then I just filled that with all kinds of stuff. And I'll put nicer stuff back there. Like I like roses a lot. So the fancy roses and all that stuff I put in there. I have some dahlias there. They haven't bloomed yet. Lilies. And I pack it. I put way too much stuff in there because I like to just see what grows. And mm-hmm. that way, if something dies, there's other stuff in there to fill it in. I have a bunch of hydrangeas in there. Is that um, your method too? I, like with trees, especially when you do... Beds of trees, which you do, is that is the intention to see what will live, and because not everything does. No, no, I I I plant more systematically than that, trying to put trees in the correct places, uh, and trees that grow taller in the back, if it has a back. Mm -hmm. But I just got this big shipment from Monrovia on the the Friday. Friday. This Friday. Uh, Lots of plants, many many plants. So I've been thinking all weekend about where are they going to go. That's the thing. She has the room, so she can make the big groves of stuff or give everything. I can enlarge a bed. I can. I can. You know, bring it out another foot or two, and it'll be nice. But what's exciting about uh, for me for gardening is that it's always changing, and things grow in ways that you don't even anticipate. 
I mean, I, I can't believe how big our trees are. And they've grown so quickly this past yes. couple of years. And this, yeah, this, this, this year with all years. the rain and the, and the heat, they are really putting on inches. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is it a leap year? Do they do that? Is it like every other no, year? No, the, the sleep creeping leap. Yeah. yeah. So like the third year after sleep, sleep, not, not leap, not leap. legitimate I thought that was a No, not leap year. <laughs> Nothing to do with leap year. <laughs> not, that's, oh. that's <laughs> the gardener, every the gardener, no year off or anything. The gardener's saying leap year. Okay, yeah. When it. you plant something, it like sleeps the first year, then uh, it creeps, and then the third year is when it explodes out. I'm yeah. big stuff. So we've had a lot of success with the with the growth in the gardens, but we're also experiencing massive weed infestation because of the heat and this humidity and stuff's so, burning out quick yeah. too like oh, the yeah. cabbages and broccoli come up and yeah. like, did i tell you i i got I, I went to maine for the weekend and boy oh boy was there a lot to do but on the terrace all that beautiful creeping thyme with the little purple flowers yeah. it has mildew on it no the mold the old one or the new stuff we planted all both both is it because, because it's too rainy? It's there? too wet. They have not had sun for 27 days. Wow. So that's really a different climate uh, from ours here. Right. But uh, but also, you know, scary. It's scary that it, no sun for 26 or 27 days. That's unusual. And then didn't wasn't the plant just registered at its highest temperature ever? Yes. In three days in a row? Yes. It's really, really it's scary. worrisome. It's worrisome. All- yeah, everything's swapped. Like back home, it's always dry. We got more rain than ever back in California. Here was the opposite. It's like everything's flip flop. Unbelievable. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Kevin, what do you like most about my garden? You know, you're, you're, you spend a lot of time in the garden when you're here. 
uh, Kevin is my picker. I'll, I allow him to pick. Uh, He's been thoroughly trained to pick the right way. I, I, I sort of say, Here, here's the vase. I want something in this vase, and he's allowed to pick. But Ryan also picks. But Kevin, you do the best job of picking, I think. Lily Pond, I, I tell this story all the time. Martha's going to get bored of hearing me say it. But um, the first time I went out to Lily Pond, it was that at that time it was a rose, primarily a rose garden. And I went through the gates, and on the left hand side were three or four, maybe six pear trees that were, um, I never get this correct. Is it pollarded? No, they were shaped. They had trunks, and Bleach, then they, pollarded. they were like big lollipops. Topi, it's sort of topiaries. They were kind of like topiaries, topiary. but they were like two stories tall. And you had trained these climbing roses up them, and they just had spear, you know. It was just like a waterwork of all roses. I thought, is that a rose tree? And again, I've worked on Arboretum, so I'm not a complete idiot. Um, and I was just blown away by the whimsy of that. I thought that was amazing. So that was Lily Pond. Turkey Hill, I loved Monet's garden that you were able to approximate. That was like, for me, the best. I couldn't, that was like watching magic. Really, it was just incredible to see how those Siberian iris and the poppies and all of that came together and, and, and were like suspended in air. So that was my first sort of training in Marth- at Martha with Martha. Then coming to Bedford and seeing, you're like Lenotre. Yeah, you've got big plans and a big canvas and all of that. But what I really love are these vistas that you're creating with these sight lines with trees. It's just amazing to me to see someone embrace trees in such a way. And I think part of the success of now what you're doing with trees is you're starting things so small. Mm-hmm. So you really get these strong, strong things. So it's nice to watch that kind of growth happen. Well, I, I, when I owned my house on Lily Pond Lane in East Hampton, there was a very good bookseller called Glenn Horowitz. Right who dealt in rare books and I would buy rare garden books from him and I would spend my allowance, <laughs> my self-imposed allowance at his store. I went every week to see what else I needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did buy, uh, I think a second edition of Sir Humphrey Repton's 1811 edition of his garden design book. And it's a two volume book it is one of the most beautiful books I own, and I remember paying, you know, like an, a phenomenal amount. But I had to have this book because in the book are overlays. So he will, there's a, like watercolor ink drawings of a beautiful home right. as is. Then you pick up just the house and, or just the grounds, you pick up this little overlay that's another piece of paper. It's all hand cut, right. all hand pasted in the book. And underneath is Sir Humphrey's rendering of what he would do with the property. So he will take away all the trees and he will put a lake in. And that was his way of, his blueprint. Right. And then it goes on and on. Some of them have three or four overlays. And was it explained to someone, here's what you'll get in two years, here's what you'll get in five? It was really more like, this is what you'll get. Mm -hmm. Different versions of what you could get for his price and his plan. And boy, it was so fantastic. But but then I st- I read a lot of his his writing too, and what he talked about were alleys of trees uh-huh. as the, a mode of axis of vision. So your eye is taken down that row of trees to something to right. a point in the distance. And so I've been thinking about that ever since I read those that book. Well, and you learn a lot from accomplished landscape designers who worked without drones, they worked without helicopters, without airplanes, no bird's eye view. They had to think up the bird's eye view. Because now we're using drones and stuff, and that's great here. We can see how the property is taking shape in the trees and how straight we are on the lines. And they didn't even really, they had primitive surveyor's Mm -hmm. tools in those days, but somehow they got those lines straight and they got the, the whole idea of, Symmetry and axis of vision, they got it right. It's measuring, string, Measure. oh, string yeah. and sticks. String, right, and sticks. <laughs> it's the simplest thing, but I, you know, it's I think it's a mystery to most people. It's like the when way you to guys, when you do it here, when you did it for the vegetable garden, when you've done it for other things, it's just amazing. But I don't think people think that elemental. They immediately want to go into like start digging to start digging, putting the plants. Like if you're baking something, you don't just 
put the ingredients in the oven. You, you have to mix recipe. and do it in a certain order and certain techniques. Yeah. It's the same with that. You have to set all your foundation yeah. and everything up first. The plants are like not the afterthought, right. but they're not the first thought. Oh, but it was it was such an eye opener to get a book like that and realize mistakes you had made, mm-hmm. um, the possibilities for the future, and uh, and so this place, this farm, has been such a godsend to me because it gives me an opportunity, no matter which direction I look in, uh, to plant. Right. Because there's so much to plant. Now the big problem is getting people to weed it and take care of it, Ryan. <laughs> Taking care of it. <laughs> the dahlias, Ryan, are weed infested. Uh, That's you, because they're so early. We're, we're, we're way ahead. Oh, I know, but we need to get those weeds out of there tomorrow. Make note, make note. But uh, Ryan gets, how many How many little texts do you get from me in a day? I don't get any little texts. I get a lot of big texts. <laughs> <laughs> Long texts. I have to scroll to read them. Uh, but uh, these are the lists, the to-do lists. What's your favorite part about gardening, Kevin? When we went up to Maine for Memorial Day weekend, I bought a whole bunch of African violets. And when I brought came back into the city and you brought them in, I sat on my terrace with, you know, this planter's mat and I had to repot them all. That was fun. Just doing it was fun. Having my hands in the dirt and everybody thinks I'm so fancy, but I actually like doing things like that. I would make a terrific weeder. I like leaving someplace cleaner than I found it. And I like the, you know, immediate satisfaction. I'm going to delay your car this afternoon. <laughs> the dahlias need and, to be yeah, and I have that. And I have some nice new gloves I can loan you. <laughs> I'm also very decorative, so there are certain things that I have an eye for where, you know, things can go. What's your favorite part, Ryan? Um, I like vegetable gardens. That's my favorite. So, yeah. yeah. He's, for, his, his attitude has changed since our new one. Yeah. Describe the new one. Well, the new one's great because it's, it's raised beds. It's easy. We're having problems with the old one we had. Like after a few years or a number of years, you got to change them up a little bit, and we were at that point with with the, the one we had. And so the new one's fantastic. It's new soil, new beds, I can new sun exposure. So I don't have all the problems you have after a number of years. I can now it's in, in the um, experimental phase. I can figure out what's growing well, where and stuff. And it's great. What are you going to do with the old one? Martha? There's stuff in there. There's Is squash there? in there. Well, there's pumpkins Pumpkin, and squash, squash on and one corn. side and Corn, but corn is is really weedy. weedy. That's why I planted corn in the new garden as well. Oh, so you good. got double. Oh, good. It's, Thank you. It's right there. But um, it's growing. It's growing like crazy in this in the in the old one. So do you take it like at some point where you decommission it and then let the chickens have it for a while or put the donkeys in there or how well, do you I, chickens? I, I, how do you build the this? chickens will the chickens will feast in there after the pumpkins. I are they growing well? The pumpkins. I forgot to so look. fast. Oh, good. We added some of that new seed that you. Oh, good. This is the, the first year I've ever heard this because every year I hear Martha say, where are my pumpkins? Yeah. <laughs> because we yeah. move them around. Every year they've got different spots. And then the past couple of years we had all the rain. This year we have none. So uh-huh. then they, there's always something. So this year they're growing great so far. Well, I, I just want to have some really big uh, Turkey Hill-sized pumpkins this year because I, I never grew better pumpkins than a Turkey Hill. There's, What's your favorite part of gardening? Uh, my favorite part is um, actually conceptualizing Finding plant material, I really like to look for plant material. Yeah. I like to go to all the nurseries in Maine. Oh, I, I found um, three weeping camper downs. Camper down oh, elms. Oh, over the weekend at Surrey Gardens, mm-hmm. and I bought three. The three, uh, one is smaller than the other two. Like a nice matched pair. So think That's of good. where a matched pair of camper downs can go here. Okay. Okay, I'm going to bring them here. All right. And uh, one smaller one. You can put at least one if it's depending on the size by the tenant house, by the new paths and stuff in there. Yeah, probably. Especially since they, everything lost all the shade when yeah. we cut down all the spruce so it's sunny. So having something there, will, a little bit and of then, shade would And help. it already has two in front by that house. Mm-hmm. It has one on each side, yeah. so that would match it. They're nice. Yeah, it might be beautiful. And uh, so I like doing that. I like finding the material. Plant shopping is one of the most fun things to do oh. with Martha. <laughs> yeah. We have plans, like be it a plant sale, a store, whatever. We have all these little plans are like when you go to Trade Secrets. And she goes through so quickly. It's like been like five minutes and she's already picked out a thousand things and is done. Yeah. It's, it's, fan- so it's, it's so much fun. My bad habit. But um, but I just I really do love to buy buy new plants and different plants and keep records of them and see how they grow. Uh-huh. And I love to make a new garden. And now I'm fixing up the tenant house garden here in in Bedford. And Pete and Fernando, these are two guys who have worked for me for quite a few years. They are building the nicest 
nicest pads. Fantastic. Have you seen? And they're having a great time doing it. The smiles on their faces. They're They're having a great. Well, we're we're eliminating grass as much as I can. I want to get rid of the grass here because I'd rather have plants. It is, you know, it's a lot of weeding, but it's easier than mowing Mm -hmm. in a funny way. Easier than mowing, and it enables us to get even more plant variety right. in the gardens here. Right, I like diversity and and, and variety, which is better because plants all get sick, but like grass, you get sick, the whole thing gets sick, and it looks ugly. Yeah. Like if plants, you have a whole garden, you know, something might get sick, but it's not the whole thing, and it it doesn't spread. It's not as much. I don't of a problem. Think of many things is dying here. When they get too big, how do you? Because you could basically open up your own nursery if you wanted to between the peonies and all those other things. Yeah. So how do you, do you go into the garden and take things out? Oftentimes. You move them. Because yeah. the garden that you just referenced, that, that was like, seemed impenetrable to me. Now yeah. these paths are crossing uh-huh. through it and all that. And but it's, there is looking more open. Yeah. Just because we have like three new paths and it's going to look nicer and nicer and nicer, I promise you. Uh, and thinning out. I mean, we have a one plant that is rampant in some of our gardens here called Thalictrum. Oh, um, yeah. And what's the common name the for, for Thalictrum? Meadow, meadow Rue. Oh, Meadow Rue. But our Thalictrum doesn't grow like a normal Meadow Rue. We have the giant one that's like we 10 feet the, tall. Yeah, 10, 10, 11 feet tall with little tiny purple flowers mm-hmm. on the tips. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's pretty, but it it, it's, it doesn't spread. It see it spreads by seed, so it, yeah. it's just if you get in the wrong spot, it's so big, and you can't pull it out. It's uh, the roots are like embedded into mm-hmm. the ground, so we have a lot of thalictrum to kind of get rid of, uh, and it's very prolific. It's it's a crazy plant, but if you're looking for a good background plant, thalictrum is a very mm-hmm. nice one. I think it took off because it's where all the spruce also, were. Also, aruncus so isn't aruncus the other one? That's, that's the a nice one with the white. Yeah, by white the plumes. Yeah, the white. This, and they're harder to find. The, the giant ones harder yeah, to find. You can find the little dwarf there. ones. But we do have the giant. We do have the regular, the bigger and ones. And that's also very nice in the back of a border mm-hmm. or back of a garden. That's um, um goat's beard. Yeah, goat's beard. So those are two plants that I love to grow. Hostas. Uh, we just did a show on our television, Roku television show, about hostas mm-hmm. and its, and their propagation and their 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 dividing and their mm-hmm. replanting. And boy, they're a beautiful. They've plant. done fantastic. They're like for a us. good investment. They are mm-hmm. amazing investment. From one plant that must have been maybe six years old, we got how many? Twenty? Oh, oh like two dozen? Yeah. Oh, twenty or what? Thirty. It was a huge baby thing. We broke up. Yeah. And what? How do you break it up? Because I've seen those. They are. How do you do? You saw they, them? They, yeah. Hori-hori. Yeah. We or a hori hori. Or a knife. Or and her, her tomato knife. Everybody loves them. What time of year do you do this splits? Um, in the, in this early summer, late mm-hmm. spring. So you do get leaves out of them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Just have to have yeah. keep the deer away from us. Your only no problem. Your cotinus this year are unbelievable. Well, I have been collecting cotinus now for quite a few years, and whenever I see an unusual shade, I don't know them by name, but I buy one or two of every variety that I see, and the I'm. I'm making headway because boy, that front entrance is it's so beautiful. beautiful this year. The front's great. The between the fields is fantastic. It's oh, really yeah. the back of the summer house has more. Is there really any nice. cotinus that's actually white? So it really because they call it smoke bush, right? Right. So do, uh, is there any that's actually the color of smoke? Not there's pale, but I wouldn't say not. No, they can be kind of grayish after a while. They fade uh-huh. a bit, but not. But smoke pure. bush sends out these racemes of very fluffy flowers. Uh, pale pink, dark pink, uh, dark maroon, um, greenish shades. Yeah, whitish, gr- pale greenish, chartreuse color. Uh, it's they're quite beautiful. So um, I'm just keep looking for new ones. And they're available more readily now because yeah. I remember every time you would discover one, it was like finding a diamond. And now yeah. they seem to be just like the other dark when you like growing all the nine bark. That's becoming more available in all different oh, yeah. shades and colors and leaf sizes and shapes. It's great. We have that all around the pool. And Do you have stuff. any we idea more in in. why it's called nine bark? Because when it gets bigger like the other ones, it peels. It has all the different layers, kind of like how a birch tree does. So oh. I guess like- Is it nine layers? Apparently to somebody it's nine layers, but it, it has and each layer is like a different shade. So speaking of birch trees, you just mentioned- Did another one an, come? A new birch tree just <laughs> arrived at the back gate today. 
Um, a nice troll foot birch tree. We get these mystery birch trees Do once really? a month, and we've never seen one. I haven't seen one delivered. Martha, They're just there. Know, you don't know who who like the person is. You, have you? Yeah, we get it. There's like a little. Note oh, there's on a it. note. Yeah. Yeah. And so now we have nine. Yeah. So we're supposed to have and twelve total. Twelve by, by the eventually. end of the year. So uh, we should make sure that gets into the ground tomorrow. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Another thing that we're doing here at the farm, which uh, really does fascinate people, is that we are growing most of our trees and shrubs from uh, rooted cuttings. So we're going to places like JPLN out in Oregon. Mm -hmm. We read their catalog assiduously, and then we order vast quantities of seedling trees We also look at mussers. Mussers for the poxwood is what we get there, yeah. and then a bunch of evergreens come from them as well. So we've been. We now have one beautiful garden just filled with boxwood, and they're doing well. They're doing very well. Especially this rain is helping. We don't have to water mm-hmm. so often. We, and it goes from a dollar a cutting or a dollar fifteen a cutting, to in a year it's worth uh, more like about twenty dollars, and then the second year it's worth more like sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. And then the third year, it could be worth, you know, way over $100 for one ball boxwood. But very nice for experimenting with because it's not it's not a lot to take care of. No, once you get them in the ground, it's fairly hands-off yeah. other than weeding and watering and, you know, trim them once, twice a year probably. Yeah. That's it. How do you decide which ones you're going to raise from seedlings? Whatever catches my eye yeah, in the catalog. Like um, many different kinds of oak trees, different kinds of maple trees. And I and I look for you know durability. Do you look for lifespan? 
Uh, definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. The older, the better. I want I want trees that'll last for a long, long time. So we have been, we've been having fun with that, and that's something that everybody should really pay attention to because uh, without def- uh, reforestation. Um, and so much uh, denuding of the landscape, we're going to be in more and more, even more trouble than we are because of the pollution and because of fresh air. People don't realize trees have a lifespan. They're not going to be there for hundreds of years, most of the trees. So you have to replenish them. And if they're clearing everything out between them and underneath them, they're not going to do that naturally. One of the things that I will never forget is when you were going to buy this farm, you sent people in to check the soil. So it seems like if you're going to buy a house or a yard, you know, if you're going to start a garden or just buy invest in land, it seems like it would make sense to test the soil and plant a tree. Right. And very important. You have to do that before you do anything else. But I don't think most people think that way. They no, really don't. I trees, tell everybody, like, trees, trees are very are, hard for people to grasp. Trees were the first thing. I tell people when they buy a house, like before you like start painting your walls inside and redecorating, plant the tree outside. Like within the first couple of years, if you have to, you can move it. Just get it to start growing. But I have a friend who bought... A virtual arboretum, a famous uh, man who loved trees, and he planted many, many, many different kinds of trees. And she has about uh, maybe 40 acres, but many of them have specimen trees, is, and uh, the most most spectacular are the beech trees. And now with this infestation, there's some, then, some disease. For the beech, the nematode? Yep, attacking the beech trees. She's going to lose her specimen trees Ugh, on her property, so awful. which will really make that property less valuable. Valuable, yeah. It's a very sad story. Is there always something attacking trees? Like every year, I know one. Like, wasn't Dutch elm a thing? I mean, I know it was. Well, a thing. It, well it wiped out mm-hmm. gener- it, generations of Dutch elm. And last year, you had the ash thing, and well, now well, the ash thing was extremely serious. Uh, you can't just call it the ash thing because. It mm-hmm. killed every single ash tree on this property, which well, is more like, like 400, 400 or 500 trees. I didn't even count them yet. But is uh, that a constant thing? Is there always a blight of some uh, sort? It is, yeah. but I think now that it's more of a global stuff just moves globally, there's that much more where things establish themselves in different areas, so it kind of takes over. So it's more happening more likely now. Wow. You have your tree people coming in to sort of safeguard what what you can. We use a company locally called Save a Tree, and we I've been working with them for oh, a long, long time. And, and you have to really kind of latch on to somebody who's uh, accomplished uh, and a really good tree man right. to get them to really pay attention to each and every tree. And they it's use like this property. Yeah, and they use this property as a test too because they? they have so yeah. much stuff here. So, so they many see stuff. Kinds of they trees. can see how many we have oh. and what's happening. So, mm-hmm. and they compare it to like the neighborhood and stuff because sometimes we'll get hit hard and other places won't and vice versa. So, so we had, uh, we have had the ash tree problem. Now we're having the beech tree problem. And then we had the boxwood problem. Um, and we found a solution for that, the top boxes. But ash tree, no, no solution. Um, beaches, I'm really worried about because yeah. I kind of stupidly now in retrospect uh, planted the Dawick purple um, beach hedge all around my pool. And it's a lot of, that was how many different, how many different trees? A couple hundred in there. Yeah, 400, 500. And uh, this year the tops came and the bottoms came and nothing in the middle. Mm-hmm. And they've been gradually opening up, but I'm terrified mm-hmm. about them. But that's yeah. the problem because they don't have that many leaves. So during the winter, them surviving into spring. So next spring is going to be the real test of like what they are looking at. God, gardening really is, it's like just caregiving. <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> I mean, it really is. They're alive and they can't tell you what's wrong with them other than looking at them. You know, a pet can yeah. meow or bark sometimes right. or you can tell more. So a plant, you actually have to really pay attention. You have to. Gardeners yeah. are the ultimate optimists. <laughs> but there's a lot of, there are lots and lots of good articles about the care of all these I've been reading the British horticultural magazines. I've been mm-hmm. reading the Garden Club of America uh, magazine. That's very useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I read horticulture magazine. Uh, what do you read? I still am from your desk and read oh. <laughs> when I'm in the kitchen eating. <laughs> Good. So all the same. Okay. To please, read while please, I eat. please do because the more you read and the more you understand and the more you talk to other people – about your your occupation, which is gardener, uh, the more you're going to be able to take mm-hmm. care of all these beautiful plants. And it is a shame when you lose something uh, yeah. because of either a lack of care or or ignorance uh, when they could have been saved. 
Um, but then the ash tree, nobody could save it. Nobody mm. could save the ash, the green and ash. And the way it borer. works, once you see it, it's already too late. Yeah. And the be beaches, too. I hope that that gets under control mm -hmm. because those are those are magnificent trees. We did good with the boxwood, so maybe we'll look yeah. out because we looked out on the boxwood on our so end here. Majestic. But uh, the boxwoods need to be pruned, Ryan. Mm -hmm. when so does, isn't yeah. that something you do in the fall? You only do that twice well, a year. Well, now there's so much rain. If we, need if we do a little year. bit of shaping, it'll be, I think, beneficial for yeah. them. It's That's better so doing it a little bit earlier, yeah. not like right before winter. That's so therapeutic to yes. do the shaping thing, grooming and shaping. So Kevin's coming up to weed. He's coming <laughs> up to groom and shape all the boxwoods. So you see, it's nice to involve your friends and and uh, and and to be in, in a very conversive mood with your anybody who's taking care of your plants because uh, you're just going to have better plants as a result. It's uh, it's something that we all uh, love and. And if you uh, do take gardening seriously, there are many, many things you can do to make your gardens even more beautiful. And we're going to continue to uh, talk to gardeners. Uh, we just had the Zone 3 meeting here uh, with the Garden Club of America. They loved it. 150 gardeners came, and I had five of my, my gardeners, including Kevin, yep. uh, take uh, smaller groups around the property to show them. They loved it. The structure and the actual planning and the longevity and the fact that it's just so many different gardens and each one has its own different look and stuff. The variety of what you have. It, it's like, it really is like a botanical garden. Well, it is, um, it is a lot of fun and I encourage everyone listening to uh, start a garden. If you haven't nurture those gardens, if you have, and uh, feed and water and uh, spend and time. <laughs> yeah. And especially Andrew, weed. Andrew. <laughs> and spend time in your gardens. Well, thanks, guys, for talking. Uh, anything else you'd like to say, Ryan? No, that's good. I have weeding to do, I guess. <laughs> okay, you, you better get out there. Okay, well, we've, we've had a nice chat. We have. And I, I hope you've enjoyed um, this impromptu get-together with uh, – Ryan McAllister, gardener at Cantato Corners, and Kevin Sharkey, design director of Martha Stewart Living. Thank you very much. Thank you and for having we will, us. We will have them on again if you like them. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.